You're listening to a sermon from Tyler Christian Fellowship in Tyler, Texas. Find us on the web at tcftyler.com or send us an email, tcftyler at gmail.com. This is um, Orphan Sunday, as we've mentioned a couple of times uh, before. And uh, so today we have some, uh, some real special uh, guests, and uh, the, uh, the topic is going to be uh, different ways that we care for uh, orphans, opportunities that we have. I hope that you'll listen with a, an open heart, um, because it was in a service uh, similar to this that so many people have been just touched and challenged and just gotten a vision for what God has for them uh, in caring. And it's not, not necessarily adoption. Uh, it's not necessarily fostering. It may be a support role. Um, but everybody can do something. Everybody can be a part of this uh, great effort um, that the Lord uh, is doing uh, in our midst, in our community. Um, the series that we're on is uh, Lighter of the World. The key scripture is Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. And it says, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Um, when I think about good works, um, there's a lot of things that pass for good works that when the Lord looks at it, he's just like, ah, their heart was not in the right place or they were doing it for the wrong motives. One way that you can tell something that really is a good work is when it costs you something. When it's not benefiting you, but it's benefiting someone else. When you're showing that unconditional love to other people, and when you're laying down your life for other people. And what we're talking about this morning is uh, pretty much the epitome of that, um, of, uh, of reaching uh, those who are uh, desperately needing uh, care, compassion, uh, provision, uh, protection, uh, all the things that we can give them. So um, this morning we're um, blessed to welcome um, uh, Justin and Christy uh, to, uh, to share with us. And uh, I'm going to ask them to come, and we're going to talk for a few minutes about uh, the work that they're doing with uh, East Texas Orphan Care uh, Network. Let's give them a good welcome as he comes. Good deal. Is it on? There you go. You got a green light. Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, Christy has used the excuse that our... Uh, foster son just spat up on her um, <laughs> as you were announcing us as an excuse to stay seated but uh, uh, but anyway she would love to speak to you another time okay so really yeah cool. we'll have you guys thank back. you so much for having us um so uh, the um I, i've gotten to know justin uh over the last six months or so we've had uh, lunch a couple of times uh together he likes stanley's uh, like i do so um Amen. we don't need a big excuse uh, to get together <laughs> Um, but uh, he's following uh, really close on the heels of uh, Tim uh, and Trina Clark, um, their uh, work that they did uh, with uh, Hope for 100 um, really has set the stage for what um, Justin is doing, along with a lot of other stuff that he's, uh, he's involved in. So I just wanted him to come and let us know a little bit about the work um, that uh, his organization is doing for orphans in East Texas. So tell us a little bit about the uh, um, East Texas uh, Orphan Care Network. I think I've got a slide. Can we go to the next slide? There we go. Wonderful. Yeah. 
Well, uh, first of all, uh, Tim and Trina are, are good friends of ours, and they are actually one of the reasons why we got involved in, in orphan care. And uh, I was in global orphan care working in East Africa. Uh, Christy and I both were and was officing next to Tim. And one day Tim came by my office and said, hey, do you know anybody that wants two kids? And, uh, you know, that's it, sometimes it's just that simple, isn't it? And I, and I was just like, no, I don't. But uh, And so I went home and uh, didn't think much of it. And that night, right before bed, I asked my wife, I was like, hey, do you know anybody that wants two kids? And, uh, and I went right to sleep. And then apparently she did not sleep. And, um, and so uh, God revealed to us very quickly that he knew who wanted those two kids. And uh, the next day, I was listening to Christian radio, which can be very good sometimes and, and uh can really tug at you a lot of other times, and uh, the song Follow You uh, into the arms of the broken, and, and, uh, uh, or the homes of the broken, excuse me, but uh, anyway, God just spoke to me very quickly, and so we started the process and, and adopted two wonderful children, and, uh, and sometimes your kids don't want everybody to know uh, that they're adopted. Our kids want everybody to know, and so they even took a picture this morning. I don't know if that's uh, somewhere they, they're like, Dad, can you take our picture real quick? So if, if you have that, you can show the picture of those two. But uh, we have been so blessed by them, have had them. Uh, there they go. There they are. There? See, yeah. they're in the sanctuary. Awesome. And uh, so uh, we're thankful for that. But with East Texas Orphan Care Network, you know, I had shared about for years as, as we talked about East Africa, that I felt like they were taking better care of orphans in East Africa than we were in East Texas which is a sad thing, and, uh, and so I didn't realize God was slowly preparing our hearts to be working in East Texas, and so with the foundation that, that Tim and, and Trina were able to lay, uh, we've been able to, to step up and to help with that, and so with East Texas Orphan Care Network, we, we basically exist to help recruit new foster and adoptive families, and then we also exist to help support those that are doing it, and I am so thankful for a church like yours that is already doing it. And I know that there are many families that could be up here sharing the same testimony, just like the Rutgers were sharing, that, that, that that's who, who you are. And so just very thankful for you and the answer to God's call that you've, uh, that you've done. So um, there's a list of some of the organizations that you guys are um, like connected to. Mm-hmm. Um, so when somebody comes to you and says, you know, we're interested in getting involved in it. What's the process look like? What do you guys do? So one of the things, if, if you've talked to somebody that's interested in fostering or adopting, you know that it, it's just very complicated. And so one of the things that we are trying to do is to, uh, it's always going to be complicated, but to make it a little bit easier. And so one of the things that we've started doing right off the bat is on our website, we've just listed several agencies that are partnering with us. And so if anybody is interested in fostering or adopting, they can just go right to our website, which is etocn.org. And you can go to the agency page, and if you want to adopt, then it'll show which agencies do that. If you want to foster to adopt, if you want to uh, adopt an infant, and it'll help uh, do that. But then we also have another page that's frequently asked questions. And so many times we get asked the same 
20 questions. And so that just kind of gives them a few answers and gets them a little bit further down the road. And so once they do that, then we are happy to talk with them and just walk with them. And that's, that's really, we are not an agency. Uh, we are really more uh, called a bridge organization. And so what we are going to do is help connect people to the agency that they feel led to, but then we can continue to walk with them in the process. Good. Okay. Yeah. Um, so just real simply, you guys are fostering yes. right now. Yes. Why? Why are you doing that? Oh, man. There's just a big need. And uh, I don't know if you realize this, but in East Texas right now, well, in Smith County right now, we have about 240 kids that are in foster care, and we only have about 140 homes. So it doesn't take you long to do the math that we are short about 100 homes. And so what happens during that is that these kids get sent to other counties. Uh, I heard about an infant that was sent to San Antonio just a few weeks ago. And so if there is hope with that biological family, sending that child six hours away is not going to help the situation. That is only going to make things harder. And if I can just tell you a real quick story, uh, there's a girl named Lorena that a couple of years ago, uh, a few years ago, she, her family just started falling apart. And when her family fell apart, uh, she and her sister, who were going to Bell Elementary at the time here in Tyler, they had to be taken from their family, and then there was not a foster home that they could go to uh, as sisters. And so she was uh, put into um, a shelter, a shelter here in town for a little while, and then they, were have, they had to be sent to Dallas. And so they spent the next few months in Dallas and uh, far, far from any of their relatives. Well, during that time, we had some people in Tyler ISD that really cared for Lorena. And her sister was having to be moved somewhere else. And they said, is there anybody that could help? And uh, Lorena had been to Clarkston Elementary, which is where our kids go to. And so somebody reached out to us and said, hey, could you... Just take in Lorena for a little while. And so uh, at this point, we were like, sure, okay, uh, we'll take her in. And we took her in. And uh, they said, can you take her in for just a little while until the end of the school year? And this was like in February. And so we took her in, and uh, she joined our family. And then we ended up having her for about 15 months. And uh, I think we have a picture with Lorena and our family. And we were able to just be a family for her whenever she needed a family. And uh, enjoyed our time with her. And then she, uh, things worked out to where she could go live with her uncle. It, it was in that time that her uncle was able to step up. So that's just one example that, that we have these kids right here in Tyler that all of a sudden their lives fall apart. And they have nowhere to go. They have no family structure and if we aren't ready to help them here in Tyler, then they're going to have to be sent somewhere else far away. And so we want to be set up to where we are prepared. And it's really our calling as the church to be ready to help. Amen. Yeah. And so it's good. Yeah. So um, when uh, I was talking to Justin about this, um, do you guys have a resource table set up? Yes. Okay. So there's a resource table out there. Do you guys have those? Out yes, there? we do. So um, there's a little booklet out there. Um, and we spent probably most of our time, uh, the, the last time we had lunch um, together, talking about this. And the uh, subject is wrapping around adoptive families. Um, tell us a little bit about this concept mm -hmm. and how people can get involved in uh, this wraparound 
uh, ministry with adoptive Great. and uh, foster yeah. families. Well, whenever I was hired, they said, Justin, we really need more foster families, but we want you to do research first. And so we spent three months just researching what the needs were, and we talked to a whole lot of different foster families and a lot of fo uh, adoptive families. And what we found was that the biggest need we really had was support for them. A lot of them feel isolated. They have taken that step of faith. They've answered the call. They're following in obedience, and they are struggling. And I, I say that as a fellow foster family is that it's very easy for the wheels to fall off, isn't it? Uh, we can be cruising along, everything's great, and then your wife gets sick, and you realize she was doing all the work, and, uh, <laughs> and then that happened to us last weekend. I'm like, oh, man, what do we do? And that's where our support system is so important, and that's where we can really be the church. And uh, so this wraparound family um, idea is actually something started by focus on the family, but there's other people doing different things, but it's the idea that you take like three different families to wrap around a foster family or an adoptive family. Because once you adopt, it doesn't mean that everything's all of a sudden perfect. Uh, you still need that help and need that assistance. And so we have been so fortunate to have some wonderful wraparound families that have wrapped around us. And as we've had our foster baby for the last six weeks, we have people begging to take him, you know, <laughs> certified babysitters. And now he's going to his forever family tomorrow. Wow. Awesome. And uh, we're so yeah. excited about that. But we have all these babysitters that are mad at us for giving him <laughs> up. And we're like, I'm sorry. And so, uh, but uh, so if you see my wife holding him the whole time and not letting anybody else hold him, it's because we're, we're down to 24 hours. But uh Anyway, it's an exciting thing. But with these wraparound families, that's where if it's a foster family, you have to be certified to babysit. And, uh, and we actually help with that as well. Um, but there's so many other things that you can do for a family. And I, I was talking to a couple uh, not too long ago that had four kids in their home. And they um, had a really tough situation. They ended up having to give the four kids back uh, as in this foster situation. And I said, what? was one thing that could have helped you. She said, if I could have had somebody come and help with homework in the afternoons, that would have been a huge thing for me. Something as simple as homework. And just yesterday, I was talking to a single foster mom, and I, and I said, um, are, are you going to church anywhere? And she said, well, I was trying, but now I've got this other foster child. And she said, honestly, I can't make it to church. And she said, if I could have somebody come help me get my kids ready for church, then I would love to go. Wow. So it's as simple as that. And so these wraparound families are just finding ways to help. Sometimes it's yard work. Uh, sometimes it's bringing a meal, helping them have a date night. Uh, but what we want to do is we want to help families not only survive, but to thrive. And if you as a, a family maybe don't feel called to foster or adopt, but maybe you could wrap around somebody that's doing it, you may already be doing that. Uh, but sometimes just bringing some structure to it can be very helpful. And if you know of a foster family or an adoptive family, they are often some of the biggest servants, and they are really bad about asking for help. It's tough for us. And you know what? Whenever I was working in East Africa, we always used that term self-sustaining, self-sustaining. You got to get this ministry self-sustaining. Well, guess what? As families, we're not supposed to be self-sustaining. We're supposed to be relying on each other. That's, right. That's what the church is all about. Yeah. And so we may be holding on to as foster parents or adoptive parents, we may be thinking, I'm supposed to have this together. And 
I see people look at me at church and my kids acting up and I'm, I'm not doing my job. Well, guess what? Kids act up and uh, we need each other. <laughs> and sometimes they grow up and keep acting up. And, uh, but, uh, but we need each other. There are many families in this church that need you. And uh, so that's what this wraparound family approach is all about. Good. So there's more information on the table as well as uh, one of the, some of the statistics that um, he was mentioning. Do you have some of these? Yes. Um, yes there's a card that's got uh, a lot of um, information about our region. I think I might have had some of this on a PowerPoint slide too. Yeah. Um, just to be more aware of the need uh, and the opportunities that are out there. Yeah. So let's give uh, right. Justin a good thanks for thanks, being here. Thanks, man. And one of our uh, favorite ministries, Roger was talking about the uh, ministry fair that we had uh, in the spring. Um, like sometimes things just blossom, you know? Sometimes it's like we know we need to be doing something and we sit down and we chart the course and we plan it and get it all together and all of that. And sometimes it just blossoms. One of the best ministries that we have, I went to um, Justin to lunch with uh, Justin's group uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and they were talking about different things that are going on in the city our recharge ministry was a topic of conversation, and they had a lot of questions about, like, how did you guys get this started, and how do you get people, you know, involved in all of this? And I'm just like, I don't know. I mean, it just, you know, it's like God had an idea, and he just kind of gave it, you know, gave it to us, and we've taken the ball. And so I wanted you to hear a little bit from uh, Jay uh, and Tasha this morning uh, concerning recharge. Let's give them a good welcome. <laughs> So um, tell us how uh, Recharge got started. Um, you want to tell them? No. no? I asked Tasha to come up here because we just love her so I think much. she is uh, wishing that she had a baby throw up on her this morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, she could have stayed over in the nursery. Um, so <laughs> Recharge was um, one, I think it was a Tuesday afternoon, uh, myself and Jimmy and Daryl, uh, Jonathan and Ashley Troyer, I don't remember if anybody else was there or not, but we were just sitting around a table brainstorming different um, uh, ways that uh, TCF as a church could, uh, you know, get involved in the community, help out, you know, just different outreach ideas, and just, we were throwing a lot of stuff out there, to be honest with you, and um, Jonathan and Ashley had mentioned uh, that they would like to start some sort of a, uh, a babysitting uh, program, or whatever you want to call it, for fostering families. And so it, they kind of began to talk about their heart behind it. And um, one of the things, like, that I had, as they were sharing, I had I felt kind of dumb, to be honest with you. Is, you know, as a church at TCF, one of the things that, that God, as Joe was talking about, he's just kind of organically just done something in our body through different families that are here and that have been here. Um, it has just built a heart for fostering and adoption in this church that, it wasn't something we promoted or set out to do. It just kind of happened. And so I felt kind of dumb sitting around the table not understanding how all that works and how that, you know, if you're a foster family, you can't just get somebody to go babysit your kids so you can go, that you're with them. If you don't have a, if you don't have a certified babysitter, that you're with your kids 24-7. And I, didn't, I just didn't know that. And so they were kind of talking about how all that works. And I remember us just sitting there saying, how are we not? As, at TCF, how are we not doing something like this to support the families that are fostering here at TCF? And it really was just kind of, a, we're, you know, we thought about the, the community, but really it was more of, man, we've got families here that we need to be 
taken care of. This is part of our job. This is our responsibility to, 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 to support them and be, uh, be there for them. And so that was kind of how it was birthed as we started talking about it. And then we did the ministry fair. And we had several different opportunities and ideas. And that, this just stuck, you know. And so um, I remember trying to, setting up the first event. Like, I don't even know if we had a name for it. We're setting up the first event on Eventbrite. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, i got to have a name. So that's how Recharge <laughs> happened. I'm like, we'll just call it Recharge. So if you got a better name, I'm, all, I'm down oh, for that. Okay, awesome so, um, yeah. so that, that was kind of how it, how it happened. So, so um, how often uh, do we have it, and uh, what do people need to do? Do they need to be certified um, to, uh, to work in it? No, no. It's, um, it's, we've got folks that are certified. We've got folks that are in CPR and all that kind of stuff, too. But it's really just you say, hey, Jay. Now, one of the things we do want is, is to go through our children's ministry background check. So if you haven't been through that, obviously, we want to make sure you go through that. But other than that, um, through different phone calls and different research, one of the things that's been awesome about uh, Recharge is it's, it really is treated uh, like a church event. So if you have kids here this morning that you're fostering, they can go to Sunday school, they can go to children's ministry, and it's really just a, like a children's ministry event is how it's treated. And so um, you come, you be a part of it, we'll plug you in, you can see myself or Tasha, it's once a month on a Friday evening, um, we start, we go from 6.30 to 9, we try and get here about, uh, uh, have the volunteers here around 6 or so and get everybody lined out, but it's really easy, like it's not a, it's not, there's, it's not hard, it's just you know, and it's fun, so we enjoy it. So what once, kind of stuff are y'all doing with the kids? We have, um, we've got different, well, I'll, I'll be honest with you, it's a work in progress, okay? <laughs> um, those first few were like, we didn't know what we were doing, and so they're just everywhere, and we just had people in hallways like, don't go outside and, you know, stay somewhere where somebody can see you, right? I mean, it was crazy. So we've had upwards of 40 kids, you know, there, and it's like, we don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm not. I'm not Becky Burton. I don't know what I'm doing in children's ministry. Okay, and so thankfully, I've got my wife and my my sisters are involved in it, and, and a lot of, of of awesome folks that know what they're doing. So, so after a while, we're like, we got to do something, some kind of organization. So we set up some different stations now. So it's it works a little bit like VBS, where they we kind of rotate them through a little bit, and they'll they have crafts. Um, we have uh, games. Uh, we, we have a video game station for, set up for the older kids that, the, that the, the adults will play with them and, and hang out, play in Wii and such, and uh, just different stations that we move around through, snacks, of course. If, when it's nice outside, we'll play basketball with them and hang out. So just, you know, I, I think that's all, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So, so when's the next one? Uh, oh, goodness. Is it January? Yeah. Are we doing it in de December or January? First Friday. We haven't talked about it yet, to be honest with you. So I'm terrible about uh, – I'll figure out like the week before. I think we're going to do it this week. Generally, it's the first Friday of each month. We, we're debating on December, but I'm not really sure yet. But I'll, I think it's going to be, I've, I've kind of made that decision this morning. I think it's going to be the first Friday of December. So, but, but we'll send an email out and let everybody know for sure. It, it's on the website. Yeah, it's all, all that stuff. And then I send emails out. That's one of the ways that everybody finds out is we have, what's cool is we've, like this past month, um, we had uh, 19 19 kids this past month, which is, has been which up has been up for, you know, it's been down over the summer and such. So, but only two of those 19 kids are actually a part of TCF. Huh. So, 17 of those kids are from families that are outside of the church. And so, so I've got we've got email contacts for all these for the families that have come over the past year and a half. And so we email them invitations every month. And, and within 30 seconds, generally, I've got 
sign me up, sign me up, sign me up. So they're, they're ready. They, they're, they're waiting for the invite. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Get what involved. Is this, what has yeah. this meant to you? What, what is this uh, meant to you? I, you know, I think for, for Tasha and I, and I think really everyone that's involved in it is, um, we wanted to do something, you know what I mean? Like we wanted to, we wanted to be a part. And every time we, we, we would have adoption Sunday or such, we would, we would go home. We're like, I don't, man, well, what do we do? We want to do something. And, you know, to be honest with you, we're like, I don't know if I want to adopt. I don't know. But we knew that, that this is TCF. This is a part of who we are. So how do we, what do we do? And for us, it's, it's helped us to feel like we are a part. We're a part of, of helping families um, rescue kids, and may, we may not, we're, may not, we're not doing the hard part, we're doing the easy part, but we feel like we're doing something, and I think that's, you know, I, I would encourage you to do something, like if you, you may say, I, Jay, I don't think I can adopt, that's okay sometimes, so maybe you're not in the place where you can, but do something, and for us, this is where we're, we felt like we're doing, we're doing something, we're able to help some folks, and, and you can tell, you know, one of the things that's really cool is when, they, when you know, we've now developed relationships with a lot of these kids that, we wouldn't know otherwise. You know, they, they come in, they see us, and we'll see them in the grocery store, and they're like, you know, hey, you know. And so it's so cool to, to, to have that side of it. Um, but then to see the parents as they come in that they didn't know each other before recharge. Now they're connecting, and they're talking about going out to eat together, you know, and it's just, it's just been a really neat experience for us to feel like we've, we've helped a little bit, you know, so. Good. Okay. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Tasha. Let's give Tasha a good yes. I like to embarrass people as often as possible, keeps them on their toes. Uh, I just want to share a couple of thoughts, and then, uh, and then we'll close. Uh, and like I said, I really hope that uh, the Lord is really tugging at your heart this morning, um, and has been, because, you know, the whole theme uh, of the uh, place that God has us right now is to focus outwardly. Um, Jesus said, you don't light a candle and put it under a bushel or put it under a bed, um, and this place could be a bushel. I mean, it's an awesome place. And when God's power and, you know, presence is, is here the way that it is, I mean, we just soak it up, you know. But um, this is not exposed enough. This is not on a high place that God wants this light to be shining. And it's in, it's in our community and it's in organizations and groups like um, East Texas Orphan Care uh, Network and the community that surrounds um, fostering and adopting. Um, there's, a, there's a real um, tight-knit group of people who are sharing these experiences and that are looking for the body of Christ to step up and make these things possible um, because nobody does it alone. One of the things that has struck me, especially uh, over the last, I don't know, five, ten years, um, there's been a real dramatic change uh, in uh, what our society or our culture um, recognizes as a family. And, uh, and I think you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, there's a lot of experimenting going on with family. There's a lot of uh, theories and, you know, family is just love, family is just a place to belong, and all of that. Family is the, is the, the uh, building block of our society. And when, we, when the family began, begins to um, degrade uh, and to break down, our society begins to degrade and break down. And the pieces that fall out of that, our children. The pieces that, when, when the family is broken, the pieces that fall out are children. 
And those children many times have no uh, recourse, no where to turn. Um, and I think we're um, not as aware of the, uh, the heartbreak uh, that we're doing to so many people. And it's not just what's happening to them today. It's what their whole future is going to be. It's the type of people that they're going to be. It's the opportunities that they're going to have. More than anything, it's their identity of themselves. Because they look at themselves and they say, I don't belong, or I don't matter, or I'm, no, I'm worthless. And that's where the church is called to come in. God, we're called to evangelize everybody, but there are some segments of our population that are really ripe for the gospel. And most of those are people that are broken, people that are hurting, people that are desperate. And when they're shown unconditional love and, and, uh, and genuine care, um, they respond, they flower, they blossom. And that's what God has called us to do. Um, a foster or adoptive family is three things. Um, the first is that it's a rescue. Um, and somebody said it, I think maybe David said it in worship today. It's, the, it's that willingness, maybe it was Heather that was saying it, um, it's that willingness to bear somebody else's pain. You're not asking yourself the question, is this my business? You're asking yourself the question, what would God have me to do in this situation? To rescue somebody is to bear somebody else's pain. Many times it's making up the difference in someone else's sin, because sin has consequences, and those consequences are death. And, uh, and, uh, and suffering. And when we step up and we say, I did not make this problem, but I want it to be a solution to this problem, that's about the most godly thing that you can do. People blame God for a lot of things that he's not responsible for, but there is nothing that happens on the face of the earth that God is not ready to redeem. It's not his fault, and it's not his, it's not his responsibility. And yet, out of the goodness of his heart and out of the, the love that he has, unconditional he has for all mankind, he steps up. And he's done it with you, and he wants to use you to do it with other people. So it's a, it's a rescue. The second one is it's a hope. Um, I think it's Channel 7 that does the Forever Family thing. Maybe several of the uh, local channels um, do that. But they'll show like a, uh, a family that's waiting to be adopted or a, a, an individual um, child that's waiting to be adopted. And it always touches my heart so much when they say the word forever family. That's hope, man. That's hope that they're not going to be passed around from one place to another, to another, to another, never, never having any control over where they're going, never having any uh, idea how long they will be at a particular place. But when somebody says, I'm not just going to give you a home, I'm going to make you part of my family, a forever family, it's bringing hope to the hopeless. It's bringing hope to, uh, to people who otherwise would have none. And then finally, the last, um, the, the last uh, benefit or um, uh, um, aspect of uh, fostering and adopting family is to, uh, to bring a purpose. It's not just taking somebody and protecting them and giving them a safe place. It's giving them identity. It's giving them a name. It's giving them a place that they belong. Maybe they don't have their own room, but they've got their own bed, and that's their bed, you know? They're not carrying everything around in a, in a uh, trash bag, you know, that they, that they own. Um, that's a, it's a purpose. That they, don't, they no longer see themselves as a problem, but they see themselves as having a destiny that is their destiny and knowing what God has called them to do and what God has prepared 
for them to do. Listen, God wants to do some amazing things in the earth today, and his heart is incredibly broken by the, the pain and suffering that he sees and that he knows. He knows it intimately. He wants to do something. He uses people like us, people like Jay that just sat down and said, this is an opportunity. What can we do with it? And lo and behold, there's a, there's a need in our community for what he's doing. He's put himself in the middle of God's will to be able to be used by God to touch lives with the good news and with the gospel. So finally today, as we close, um, as, um, as Justin was saying, all of us are not necessarily called to adopt or to foster. Amen? Uh, all of us are not necessarily called to that. But in my mind, those people that do that are heroes. And I want to do whatever I can to support them. Whether it's being trained to babysit so that they do have an, an option when they're, they find themselves back into a corner. Um, whether it's, you know, doing like the little chores like Justin was talking about. I mean, that, ju that just make the difference between making a day possible and making a day so overwhelming that you don't even know how you're going to get through it. You may not be called to foster or called to adopt, but you can find a way to serve this community. This, uh, Justin was talking about um, East Africa. Um, actually, Orphan Sunday was founded. He sent me some information on it. Was, it was started in 2002 or 2003 in Zambia, uh, Africa. Is that East Africa? In Zambia, East Africa. And that's where that little community said, we have a problem. What can we do as a church? I love stuff that comes from other countries into the United States. Sometimes it's like the most anointed stuff that there is. And these people, that, like they have so little. And yet they said when they did Orphan Sunday, there were people that were actually taking their shoes off to give to the orphans when they didn't even have any backup shoes. They were giving their shoes to the kids and to the effort. Um, and it spread from there, and now it's in something like 80 countries, uh, Orphan Sunday. They're celebrating this day right along with us. Um, it's, a, it's a worldwide, uh, not just a nationwide, but a worldwide movement um, that we're part of. I'm going to share a couple of uh, scriptures with you, and then we'll be uh, done. This is um, some of the statistics that uh, is on the card that Jess, uh, uh, Justin has out there. 82% um, of the kids are placed out of the county. That's what he's talking about. There's a need for fostering in our uh, county that so far outpaces um, the people that we have that have stepped up that a lot of them are exported. And like he was saying, that means moving maybe to San Antonio or to the Dallas-Fort Worth area or to Houston in order to find a foster home. And they're being displaced from family that might be here and all their connections that might be here. 67% uh, are placed with one or more um, siblings, and a child has an average of two to three placements while in foster care. Um, Forty percent are reuni reunified with their parents, and I know that um, in uh, Tyler, I've no I know several people that work with um, CPS, either they're employed by CPS or they're attorneys for parents, um, and CPS's whole deal is to reunite families if possible. There are situations when a kid cannot go back into um, their home um, for their own safety or their own well-being, but their job and their, their hope is to maintain that family unit and come along beside them and try to make it a healthy situation with some accountability. Um, and then 35% uh, stay in foster care uh, for longer than two years. Um, 
And then a couple of scriptures. Hosea chapter 14, verse 3 says, In you the orphan finds mercy. And that's talking about uh, in the Lord, that the orphan finds mercy. Um, Psalm 68, verse 6 says, God uh, settles the solitary in a home, and he leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a parched land. God doesn't want people to live in uh, suffering um, like that. Our, our congregation has so benefited from these efforts. I know that we're doing a great service for the community, but we have benefited. One of the things that I think that we've benefited with, that I've seen with adoptive families and with uh, fostering families, is all the training that goes into equipping somebody to, um, to, have a, uh, to adopt or to have um, a uh, foster child. Um, you know, lots of people have kids and they have no training, you know? <laughs> but we have a, a big segment of our, um, of our uh, congregation and a lot of our kids are benefiting from this additional training, this additional intentional parenting, where you're saying, what does a child need and how can I provide those things um, for a child? We, as, as a community, have, um, have benefited from that. Um, so anyway, stop by the table, uh, get some more information. Um, before we close um, today, is Lisa still in here? Lisa? Oh, there you are. I wanted to pray for, uh, for Lisa and her family. Are you traveling this week or next week? Next week. Um, is going to be traveling back to Portland to uh, be with uh, Ashley. And uh, we just want to pray for her. Can I have the elders um, come forward? And we're just going to, let's all stand together. Caleb, you want to pray?